Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 238. I'm Dave Roberts. She's back. She's back. My partner in crime, writer, journalist, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. Probably people who don't even like listening to me are glad I'm back just because I can offset you a little. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, the the 15 minutes that I was short of our hour was your part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> no, that, that was tougher than, than, I, than I anticipated. We had some scheduling conflicts. The, nor- the normal suspects that I would uh, that I would bring in to uh, to fill in for you. Some were on vacation. Some were bogged down with work. Uh, Lowe has turned into you know a previous member of the show. Matt Lowe is a, usually a pretty good stand-in because uh, you can listen to him one day, not every damn week. But he's gotten so busy because he took a job with a, a lot of responsibility and hundreds of employees. So he. I I went from talking to him like every day to messaging with him a couple times a week because he's just swamped. Plus, he has, you know, 50 kids. Yeah. It's tough. But I'm glad, glad to have you back. I bet you are. I, I always enjoy talking to you. Well, of it's, course. It's the highlight of my week. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> and it's my community service for Connie. It is. It is. So she doesn't have to listen to me pontificate. <laughs> I have you. Oh goodness! <laughs> kind of relates to another story, but but uh, how was how was the beach? The beach was great. Um, we obviously made it out just in time, but I guess we'll talk about that in a second. But the beach was great. I've never been to Hilton Head in September. It was a little bit different, but so it wasn't like your lay on the beach kind of beach trip. It was just like relax, slow slowed pace, like ride bikes, go you know exploring. I hadn't been there other than like a day trip in and out. Um, hadn't been there in a while so it was good it was nice to spend time away so and you didn't even stick stanley in dog storage no i didn't and he didn't stay home alone with a sitter either he went to my friend's house with she has four dogs and the dog was so tired he was exhausted like he couldn't wait to have some quiet time so well four dogs and and little little humans yes yes and look, I, I think every little kid needs a dog and every dog needs a little kid because their energy, uh, uh, they wear each other out. They do. But I will not I be getting Stanley a little kid just so he can wear out his energy. No, 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 no. You have friends and, and relatives close enough that if need be, <laughs> they can come hang out with Stanley Correct. or vice versa. Correct. No, I, I, no I'm, not, I'm not suggesting. Just wanted to be clear. Knocked, yeah. Getting knocked up just to just to entertain Stanley, yeah. you can get a puppy like for that. An awful idea. <laughs> start calling, start calling uh, human adoption rescuing. Ugh. Oh, you got a new kid? Yeah, he's a rescue. Oh my god, Dave! <laughs> I'm an awful human being. Oh. I know. I know. I- I'm aware of it. This is not the first time I- I- I've been awful, mm-hmm. but since you've been back, we had Ian devastate Georgia. Because we're obviously in a state of emergency. Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful it didn't. We were really spared. I mean, there's been some wind and I've drug a few tree limbs to the burn pile, but we've been spared. I don't know why Kemp declared a month-long state of emergency. I thought it was an error 
because he issued it on the 27th and it said it expired October 28th. And I was like, oh, surely they mean September 28th. But the storm wasn't even expected to hit until the 29th. So obviously it was not an error. So I think it was, what, 30, 32 days of a state of emergency? I mean, I guess he can suspend it, but what was he thinking? It's a it's a an election year. And look, there's a couple things that the state of emergency allowed him to do, which I, there's got to be somewhere in between a state of emergency. Because look, the state of emergency doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore. It used to be bad stuff's going on. But he mobilized the National Guard to, to have them on standby, which is, you know, which is pr- probably a, a good idea to have them at, you know, near armory, armories near the area. Uh, but statewide, even if, it, if it, if it came into Georgia, where I live would just be a rain event. It, it wouldn't be the Air National Guard coming and lifting me off my rooftop. It would be, <laughs> boy, it sure sucks to be outside right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was in Brunswick as it was approaching. I had to go back down last week, uh, 36 hours to get a five minute inspection. Uh, and trust me, I was very thankful that the inspector just came in and said, okay, it's good. Signed off so I can get paid. And I, and I drove home, but you got 36 hours just to, just to get a five minute inspection. Of course, dealing with government, you don't have a time they show up. It's like, eh, it'll be after lunch sometime. Yeah. Like, uh, just, just come in and and you know, we were under the gun. The the store we we're working on was the the new Xfinity store in Brunswick, and that company was already moving in before we got the CO. I mean, they weren't open for business, but they were putting product on the wall. Like if 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 any of us any of the trades had failed, it would have been like super bad. But anyway, back on the state of emergency, I could understand the counties surrounding the coast. I also am one of those people that, especially being a Floridian and growing up with hurricanes, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. So we don't know what the storm's going to do. The storm could have bounced off Tampa, hung a left, and hit New Orleans. These, it's, they are <laughs> pretty wild, but yeah, I suppose it could have. <laughs> they do stuff like that. It, uh, weather pattern will change, and uh, you know we've obviously gotten a lot better at predicting, but. We thought it was going to be a direct hit on Tampa. It ended up hit, hitting south. True. Uh, Tampa, once again, was mostly spared. They had some flooding, but Tampa, once again, was mostly spa- spared. TPA, T- uh, Tampa International Airport, is back open. I mean, they are they had very slight damage, but they're, they're open. So with the importance of that is getting people back to their homes, people who flew out before the storm, and... Getting contractors and things will fly down there. Uh, insurance insurance people flying in to do to to start writing checks and start doing uh, uh, assessments and things like that. So Tampa's open was open days after you know a, a day and a half I think after after Ian hit. But we're sitting in a state of emergency. Yeah, I don't know. I and the. We were talking about it before the show. People have just become so numb to it because you said the same thing. I I said, we've been living under a state of emergency with COVID or we lived under it for two years. And and you said, are we still under it? I honestly don't even know, which is terrible um, because I stopped reading the the re-upping of them every single time. And I mean, it's just become so the new normal. 
Um, but I, people don't even, I mean, a couple people like said, you know, oh, wow, that's a long time. Or are you sure that that's the, you know, what's the deal? Does Kemp know something we don't? But by and large, people didn't even balk at it. Where a few years ago, people would have been like, oh, my word, what is he trying to, you know, he's trying to pull one over us? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. The, the month-long uh, state of emergency, had it hit Georgia directly, would have been totally appropriate. Eh, maybe. Well, the, the, that area down there on the coast. Because when things get de- devastated, it, it – look, I was in New Orleans after Katrina for, for a month. And it took us, before the flooding receded, uh, two weeks – Essentially, I think uh, two weeks or 10 days. I, I can't remember exactly what it was so long ago. It was 15, uh, 17 years ago. Uh, but it took us a while to get there because the floodwaters had to recede before we could even get in and start looking for su- survivors and everything else because it wasn't safe for military members either. Well, he also did the whole state, the entire state of Georgia. Yes. Yeah, so... From from Clayton all the way up all the way up in the mountains, all the way down to to Moultrie for a state of emergency for, for a hurricane that for most of the state would be a uh, would be a rain event. But but I don't I, I I fail to see the harm in waiting to see what happens. Well, isn't when the entire the, point when, of the National Guard to be able to activate fairly quickly anyway? I mean, I know that it's important to get people resources. I get that. And but like, like, for example, Georgia Power was sitting in the Georgia Southern parking lot as of Thursday and the storm was expected to move in late Thursday night, early Friday morning. They started staging at Georgia Southern on Thursday. That was not required. I mean, a state of emergency was not required in order to do that. that. No, absolutely not. In fact, I saw as I was leaving Brunswick, uh, going north on, on 95, uh, convoy after convoy after convoy of bucket trucks mm-hmm. heading down. And, and of course, I, I know they're probably heading to Jacksonville or Orlando or whatever, some, some places semi-safe to stage before they find out exactly what damage is going to be there. And that's, and that's you know, that's the way things, things happen. I just, you know, once the strike was imminent i like what DeSantis did which was uh his version of a mandatory evacuation is not going and knocking on doors but if you stay we're not coming to, we're not coming for you until it's safe yeah we're not gonna put rescue crews at risk to come get you after i told you to get the hell out and i totally support that i mean because i don't think that we should sacrifice the lives of other people to I don't care like if that's in their job description or not if you if they tell you to that it's probably not going to be safe or that there won't be resources available then it's your decision to stay and you're free to stay you know I don't think we should force people out but um no one's coming for you I, that's all respectable I just the the my biggest thing is that this is we're on September well by the time the show drops it'll be October but we're in the first week of September we've got at least, well, we've got two more months of this, and Georgia's hurricanes usually come in October. Statistically speaking. Mm-hmm. The ones that actually, well, like, cause us strife. And I am just, when you do things like this, then next time people are like, eh, well, it won't be that bad. 
Well, that's what happens with the snow. Mm-hmm. When when they lose their minds because the snow is predicted, they start closing schools ahead of the actual event, which annoys the living snot out of me. Because we don't know. The best model says we're going to get six inches, whatever. Uh, it, could be, it could be a foot or it could be a dusting. But you've got executives that are so gun-shy and start telling people to uh, to start freaking out. Fill up gas tanks. Make sure your generator is is working and everything else. And you get a dusting. Asinine. We don't. Yeah, you don't know anything until it happens with weather. So why not let everything happen in front of you and then react to it? And it does. It, it seems like everybody's so worried about the political fallout mm-hmm. that no one wants to react to a situation. They want to get ahead of it. And w- when you do that, and you and with snow, you start getting a dusting three, four, five years in a row, then you're caught off because then you're caught off guard when they're losing their minds and they say, uh, and, and we end up with a foot. That's how you end up with people stuck in stuck in their cars for 24 hours in Atlanta. So you end up with kids stuck on school buses. Well, we canceled school two days in a row here in, in Bullitt County. And as of recording, you know, it's 1230 on Friday and there ha- it hasn't even rained. I remember when our parents would say, get on the bus, you're going to school, it's the safest place you can be. Do you remember that? They told us we wanted to be in those cinder block buildings. Someone was lying. They're either lying to us now or they were lying to us then. Well, look, I, I when when we got a big snow, back when we had the, the snow jam uh, some years ago. Snowmageddon? A buddy of mine, Snowmageddon, yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine walked outside, saw the weather, saw saw. What was happening and kept his kids out of school. Oh my! Because he's a responsible radical. parent. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, no, I'm not handing you over, handing you over to the state. I'm, I'm going to take care of you myself. I don't know the the. If you're talking about like uh, hurricanes, things like that, yeah, that school building is probably the safest place for you, unless it's in a flood zone. Yeah, I mean, well, do they even have kids get look, under the desks with their textbooks anymore? Or is that are those days dead too? I have as many kids as you do. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. We used to have to get in the hallway. Yep. Put your uh, butt in the air. Yeah, put your butt in the air. Yeah. Yeah, probably not allowed to do that for sure in schools. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> it's probably like mandatory yeah, suspension. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, we saw a butt crack. You're out. It's well, if the girls weren't dirt, dressed dirt, like dirt. such little hussies, you wouldn't be seeing butt cracks. But that's another discussion for another day. Oh, you sound old. Mm-hmm. Well, let oh, me just tell old. you, the girls these days are dressing. My mother never would have let me out of the house in when I was in any grade dressing like some of these girls dress. You weren't allowed in school when I was if, yeah. when I was a kid. If, I mean, you were sent home or you went to the... Uh, if you you went to the to the school store and bought a school T-shirt to put on, you weren't allowed to wear tube tops or spaghetti tops or anything like that, or, and shorts had to be, I guess, finger length or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never really a it was never really a problem for me. I'm shocked. I never understood not wear, not being allowed to wear a hat on campus, but yeah. And now they worry more about what your T-shirt says than they do about the fact that you know. I mean, some schools I've seen, they have, like, no leggings, which, whatever. I mean, I guess I get it, but um, I don't know. Girls, we let girls, teen children, literally still children, dress 
the way they do. And then people are like, gosh, why is that 22-year-old guy looking at her? What a sicko. Well, I mean, yeah, he might be a sicko, but he might also not know how old they are because they're dressed like they're 19. I don't know. Yeah. Where are your overalls? Yeah. Looking back, if I were to look at my uh, uh, yearbooks, you would see kids that look like kids. Yep. And we thought we were adults, but you're looking like, man, what a, a baby. Yeah. You know, a child. But yeah, that's, it's not until you talk to them that you figure out, oh, yeah. You're an idiot. You're a kid. You're an idiot. You don't know anything yet. So we have deserts across Georgia. We have a contraceptive desert. <laughs> Allegedly. Okay, I'm not sure. So there's something. First of all, there, 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 there's a joke somewhere about being arid, but go ahead. Uh, um, I think one thing that we kind of um, miss, I wouldn't say, I mean, I, it's definitely still a conversation point. We talked about how when the um, Roe v. Wade was overturned, this summer and then how the heartbeat bill and all that would affect Kemp in the election. It hasn't as much as I thought it would, but I also think that's because Stacey Abrams is trailing. I, I think if it had been as close as it was like all along or as close as they perceived it to be um, in 2018, it might've been more of an issue, but like she, I mean, we're hardly talking about anything and she just keeps having like campaign snafu after campaign snafu. So but I, I do think that this is like a second a, a second swing of, of that argument that they're trying to make relevant because the Stacy's not really gaining traction with the the abortion discussion. So now we've moved on to contraceptive deserts. Um, right. Uh, saying nearly half of Georgia counties don't have a OBGYN living in them, which I think is a BS statistic. Uh, I bet you we don't have an OBGYN living in Paulding County either, but there are plenty of offices. Um, They're living over in Cobb with the expensive houses. Maybe. I mean, maybe, but I will, like, it's been a, this has been a problem that has been, that has worsened since I moved to South Georgia with pediatricians, OBGYNs, and even lawyers. Like, there are plenty of counties where they don't have a lawyer and everyone makes all the jokes like, oh, haha, that's so funny, except when you need a judge and the law says that the judge has to live in the county and or, you know, X, Y and Z. But this is a problem that has worsened. And when you live in Paulding County and you have people commuting, I mean, you may be right. Maybe there is no OBGYN living in Paulding, but it's also there are a lot more options in Paulding County. Well, absolutely, there are. I'm just saying. I'm talking about the, the statistic itself that they're cherry picking. Sure. Uh, the way they present the statistics. I'm not saying that. Look, it, medical deserts in rural counties all over this country Correct. is is a huge problem. It is. It narrowing it down to contraceptive is disingenuous, and it is uh, self-aggrandizing for people who are pulling for for Abrams. The the fact is, with contraception, with the pill and things like that, you now have telemedicine advertising on TV 
that you don't have to go to a doctor's office anymore just to get just to get uh, birth control. You can do you can do it online, or you can do it with telemedicine and and get the get the prescription. Uh, same thing with with um, ED medication. You don't have to go into a urologist anymore. It, 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 they advertise. Trust me, on every football game, they're advertising the the. Uh, uh, the companies that do do everything online, and you don't have to have the embarrassment of going. They'll they'll prescribe it and ship it right to your door, so you don't have to go look at the cute little pharmacy person and hand them uh, a prescription for, for Viagra. Um. So, I agree with all so of I, that. The only thing I will say is like, so talking about like telehealth. Okay, so there are places we still do have internet deserts where you can't get access. So let's say you go to the health department. The health department does not make it simple for somebody to come in and have a telehealth appointment. And granted, this is, again, government. It's government's fault. I mean, they cannot... It should be pretty simple if somebody needs to have a telehealth appointment at the Department of Health in that area. You should be able to come in, sit in a little cubby that is, you know, soundproof, I guess have your appointment and leave. I mean, that would be ideal. But that is not, that's, that's government. And they want yeah, more government look, to solve that problem. The fact that they're tying it into contraception and, and, and abortion is, again, disingenuous. It's a medical desert. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that if, when, when you have medical issues, you've got to drive, what, an hour to, 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 at least an hour to to Savannah to get to a decent medical facility. Depends on what it is. If it's, if it's kidney stones and I just need drugs, I can get that here. If I break a bone, I could probably handle that here. But if something's really wrong, yes, I need to go fifty minutes. Yeah, and it's a it's an economic factor that these there are no I say there are no there are virtually no independent doctors anymore. Correct. Everybody works for somebody, and that is in no small part due to. Uh, the Affordable Care Act to make everything unaffordable. That doctors don't work for themselves anymore. They they are contractors within a you know Kaiser Permanente or or uh, Wellstar or something like that. They they don't they don't work for themselves anymore. And a company like Wellstar is not going to go put up a uh, a new facility in in uh, Effingham or Bullock because the the population doesn't won't support. The money uh, spent to to do that. They also can't now, because of certificate of need stuff. That once again is the government. Right. Right. Uh, you know, there was a there's a commercial running right now, and it's a middle aged lady talking, about, and the line is, "I usually vote Republican, but Brian Kemp's dangerous uh, heartbeat bill and saying that it." endangers women's lives and I have no idea how in the hell it endangers anybody's life because uh, health and 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 safety is an exemption for for that particular law and it says endangers our livelihood ah well maybe that's more to the point that if you having a baby right now wouldn't be great for your job and it says endangers our economy and I have again fail to see how it's affecting our economy when we have one of the strongest economies in the country I'd it, it, do, it doesn't compute, but, but it, it, and I don't know if this is directly from Stacy or if it is one of the groups that, mm-hmm. you know, she funds to, to do this kind of stuff. But the commercial is just so damn disingenuous. It's just, 
Stacy is fighting like she's she's playing from behind because she is because nobody likes that witch. Yeah, I mean her her message is resonating less now than it ever has, and I'm surprised. I mean, I really thought, but like I I posted about an article this week that I read about her, and I mean even the left media is saying that her supporters have not come out and been, you know, who they and were Kemp's for her. Some ha- yeah. Kemp's throws some haymakers, buddy, with the uh, putting the picture of her from Star Trek on there mm-hmm. and the quote that she plans to run for governor, that this is a stepping stone, and the fact that all of her money comes from outside of the state. He's throwing some haymakers and they are landing. Sure. I mean, he has to throw haymakers. He's fighting uh, uh, underneath his weight, underneath her weight class. Well, oh Jesus! He, he also, though, I mean, he did learn a lot of lessons in 2018. They, gosh, I mean, the they try to say that he was, um, friends with like child predators. You remember those ads in 2018? Yeah, I also remember the the 2018 ad. Or the statement from uh, the the chick that was running for lieutenant governor that Rizumiko. he would he might not make it four years in the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. That was at a meeting. I remember that because that audio came out and um yeah that was that was bad too. But I mean, like as if he'd have any time. All he's been doing is. Handling yeah, and, crises and look, for the last four years. Yeah, and and, and look, I, I liked Amico. I mean, I wasn't going to vote for her, but up to that point, I liked him. Like that's that was a totally inappropriate comment to make. And the only thing Stacy has left is fear mongering, which is if you elect Kemp, you know, women are going to die. But the fact is, the heartbeat bill is not going anywhere, or the heartbeat law is not going anywhere. Yeah. Even if Stacey becomes the governor, there's nothing she can do. They're running ads right now saying that we have a we have a bounty system for women that get abortions. Oh, so that's interesting. So I don't know if you saw the story. I saw the Facebook post when it came out. Super disturbing. It was by the Catoosa County Sheriff's Office. Did you see this post last week? No. There was a well, the way that the sheriff's office worded it was that an undeveloped fetus was found near a boat ramp near some landing up there and the post by the sheriff's office was um it said something to the effect of like that this occurred that this was discovered that the sheriff's office responded to it and that obviously someone or some people we're going through a very tragic and traumatic event and the sheriff's office was looking for them for the because it said we want to help whether you believe that or not um is up to you i'm not going to tell anybody you know you should but but the it the post at least was written in a tone that came across sincerely and the reason that it caught my attention is because there were some there were over 500 comments of people, probably 90% of whom were saying that all of that was a result of the heartbeat bill and it would not have happened. Like, we we know nothing about it. We don't know if, God forbid, something happened to the woman and we don't know what stage this fetus was at. We don't know if it was – I mean, they gave some details, and but, like, we don't know anything about 
any of it. And people hopped on the narrative of that it was a direct result of the heartbeat bill and that this is why and women are dying and that and the in the comments were all that nobody should contact the police because it's a trap because they're going to arrest you because that's what we do in Georgia. Um I mean even the left has said even like left leaning elected officials have said their their argument is that oh it's not any better because you don't arrest women, you're arresting doctors because that's what the law says. It doesn't say that you're going to arrest women. It says that you're going to go after doctors. So, but, but the narrative was set in stone and there was no coming back from it. And, you know, it went from trying to find this possibly still alive woman to a political post on a sheriff's office page. It was, it was, it blew my mind. Yeah. There are so many other reasons that, uh, Miscarriage, and, and we have no idea what happened. A woman could have, could have been, uh, uh, hell, it, it, there could be a murder victim out there. We don't know. Ah, uh, man, I, th- we're we're just we're we're stuck in the cycle of of hyperbole that everything is the worst. Women are going to die, and it, it's just a and again stories like we just mentioned is is not helping anything. It's it's. Not addressing anything, it's it does nothing but fear monger, and I don't, I just don't think the punches are landing right now. They're not, and I don't think that this contraceptive one is going to land either. Not to mention that doctors, OBGYNs, didn't just close their doors when the heartbeat bill was went into effect. I mean, that doesn't, that's not how that worked either. We we women have not had access to those OBGYNs for years. Yeah, and you guys got to get those suckers maintenance, too. Oh, uh, so we have housing deserts. I guess everything just sucks in Georgia, right? I mean, they keep putting out these articles about how things are so bad in Georgia, and I'm like, these are issues that are literally everywhere. Yeah, so the idea being that we're bringing in all these jobs, but there's no affordable, and, and again, I put air quotes around affordable housing. I'd argue nothing's affordable right now, and it really doesn't have anything to do with our state elected officials. Right. It, it's it's the market. Uh, they're blaming zoning codes that the uh, minimum uh, lot size, and the, the, Paulding's actually mentioned in, the, in this directly, but uh, lot size and What is your minimum materials, lot size? I think it's a third. It, it depends on the zoning. We have specific zoning for like 55 and up communities mm-hmm. that are on postage stamps. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a third of an acre. Well, they'd really lose their mind down here. We have some zoning that is five acres. <laughs> Man, I would love that. I mean, it's wonderful, but the problem, the problem isn't necessarily the price, but that you can't find five acres. Right. Well, and they're they're talking about bringing in uh, industry and having no place to put the workers. I'm like, well, typically with the industries they're bringing in, these workers are paid a little more and they they can afford it. Uh, the zoning that's against ap- apartment complexes. Nobody, and I know this is NIMBY, nobody wants to live next to a rental, number one. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to live next to, a, to an apartment complex, number two. 
Nobody wants to live next to an apartment complex. They start off beautiful with high rents. And then after a few years, it, it, it's, it's awful. Besides the fact of what stress apartments put on the schools. Yeah. Yeah, you've, you've got an apartment complex that's sitting on, let's say, five acres. Instead of having, uh, instead of having 15, you know, I don't know, five or 10, 15 families on it, you have several hundred and, and you see this when you watch a school bus empty out at, at an apartment complex. And you just see the entire bus empty at one, at one complex. And that's just for like one school. Well, and then it turns that, into, well, they don't pay for the services. And I mean, it's just a disaster. It's a, it truly is a disaster. Yeah. And of course, they go into the, the, the banks and investment people who own rental houses. And so, you know, they, they don't like that because they're just in it for the profit. Well, if I own a rental house, I'm in it for the profit too. I'm, I, I don't. don't I wouldn't rent. Yeah, I mean, I'm not renting to be a nice guy. I'm renting to make money. Well, you know what's hilarious about that is if, if let's just say you didn't make a profit, right? Let's say that you rented to lower income people and you had a loss every month based on the rent you assessed. If you got a subsidy because the government encouraged you to do that, they'd be like, "Oh, look." They just give handouts and corporate welfare or, you know, for the rich. <laughs> like, okay, well, so do you want me to charge you the market rate or do you want me to charge you less? Either way, I can't charge you anything if I can't, if I, if the house is foreclosed on. Yeah. And look, Section 8 is, is, is a real thing. And yes, there are companies that own lots of Section 8 houses. Uh, that's just, just the way it is. Freddie and Fanny owned a, a, mm-hmm. Bunch of rental houses because they 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 guaranteed these loans and took them back and would rent them back to the people who that that, that lost them. Uh, horrible idea too. This person couldn't afford to pay the mortgage and now you can charge them rent. Uh, it's it we're 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 in an inflationary market. It doesn't matter if you put housing. You can also put a food desert. We're in a food desert right now. Because no one, no one can afford to go to go out and buy quality food. That's because it, inflation. That's because giving people free money and pumping money into the economy during COVID was a horrible idea. Has nothing to do with with housing. Has nothing to do with the zoning. I always live in a food desert because I live in a college town. Right. They always buy everything. There's nothing left for the rest of us. For the rest of us normies. Yeah, because all their they have no idea what it's like to eat ramen and, you know, eat like a college kid. They're in there buying hummus and freaking organic grapefruits and whatever else. Because mommy and daddy pay for everything. That's what I say. They've never been broke. <laughs> like they've never had ramen and popcorn for dinner. Right. Which I've had, which I've done. I, I told you before the show, I have been broke, broke, broke. I've never been poor. I've been broke. Because poor people were were uh, got government subsidies and were buying steaks, and I was buying ramen noodles. So we have deserts and voters in the voting rolls. Yeah. So there is a, I guess, movement. I don't know. Um, it, this is based on a on the Senate Bill two hundred two that passed in twenty twenty one that overhauled the elections laws and in it they gave 
an ordinary citizen, a peasant, the ability to challenge as many voter registrations as they wanted, um, as long as they do it, I guess, before early voting starts. So they're, it's a Republican-backed group, but 64,000 voters have been challenged, and at least 1,800 voters' names have been removed from the rolls, according to um, the article. And then the New Georgia Project said it's a scary time for our democracy. Anybody in your neighborhood, for whatever reason, can challenge your voter eligibility. Um, I mean, I think the fact that 1,800 have been removed is pretty damning. And it's not like they're getting you removed. I mean, unless you're, of course, you're a felon and you're not qualified in that sense. But like, you're not being removed and saying you could never, ever, ever vote. You just have to vote where you're supposed to vote and you have to register. I, 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 don't, I don't understand why it's so dangerous, but. Well, it's not. It's, it, I, think, I think it's more dangerous to have those 1,800 that are voting illegally. First of all, we're not a democracy. Every time they put that stuff on there, even when I see it on, on the news, democracy 2022. No. But anyway. Uh, well, I also don't... Do you know what goes in... I mean, I don't know if like... I don't know what goes into the state's um, process to look at... I mean, they say they have a process already, right? Like, they say that they'd go through the voter... But I mean, if they didn't, I I still don't think challenging 64,000 voters is the worst thing in the world because... Somebody, sh- somebody should be verifying that those people are actually eligible to vote. I, I, I don't understand the controversy. If it's putting an awful burden on the Secretary of State's office, which I have not heard that it is, and I feel like with all the complaining they do, they would certainly let us know. But, um, like if it if it was putting a burden on them, then I would want them to figure out a way to streamline the process and just do it automatically because they should be doing it. Right. I don't get it. Look, it, pe- people move. People move out of state. They die. And it, they die. That that does happen. I mean, none of us are getting out of this life alive. So there's, I, I don't see a problem. You're not going to hear Brad Raffensperger's uh, office complaining about this. It was a Republican-backed bill. It's Republican-backed law. It's primarily Republicans that are that are uh, that are filing these these uh, uh, these disputes. You're. <laughs> Old Brad's in a re-election campaign. He's not. He's not going to come out and say, "I wish you weren't. You were not challenging these voters. It's. It's putting. It's. It's too hard on my people. There's just no way." Yeah. Hey, he's an elected. He's. He's elected, and he's trying to continue to be elected. I'm. I'm still shocked he got through the damn primary. Yeah, that blows my mind. But I. Jackass. I. I still attribute that to the anti-Trump effect more than anything. Probably. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find relevant stories and other episodes over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. Jessica, who's the mule of the week? Um, I'm not sure because my computer's frozen. I can't see the outline. All right, so <laughs> there's a... Council person. Oh, yes. In Atlanta. In Atlanta, who is polyamorous, non-monogamous. This story is really hard to read because of the pronoun crap. 
she prefers to go as a they, but since there's three of them in this relationship, when they say they, I'm not sure if they're talking about her or the group or them. of them. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, for for someone who grew up speaking English and writing English, it's it, it was difficult because they're they're just cramming so much political correctness into you know seven paragraphs. Okay, so the headline on NBC News is it, it totally they totally lured me in because it's the headline was Georgia lawmaker comes out as non-monogamous. I'm in love with two wonderful people. The The Google search line was a little bit different because that's how I found it. But when they said Georgia lawmaker, I was like, okay, who's trying to get press based like in the legislature is what I thought. Um, but if, it was not. It's just an Atlanta city council person who really not that concerned with. But the subheader is that she's the first queer Muslim person to be elected in Georgia, have two partners, and the three of them are planning to build a family. Um I know that we're trying to normalize differences of life, but in life and how people operate. But again, like, I really don't care what you do at home. I don't, it's not newsworthy to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't care. Now, I appreciate what she's doing, what she did with part of this, which is I want to go ahead and hang this out there. Sure. Because, I, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and put a spotlight on my crazy. Uh, and hang it out there. Go ahead and hit it head on and and go with it. And look, I don't care. I don't care if they have 50 people that that, that are living in there and they're, you know, as, as long it doesn't affect me. Uh, apparently the the first couple met at a, at, at a gay bar uh, and and hit it off and from the very beginning they decided not to be uh, to be non-monogamous, which look, I have friends who are in open open yeah. open relationships and I I know people who who for lack of a better word, better word and I know people in the lifestyle don't like this term but we all know what it means swingers uh that go to the trapeze club in Atlanta on the weekends or or whatever that's their lifestyle that's their choice uh, uh cool If you didn't uh, know like- their um if you didn't know their pronouns and you saw them in public you would identify these three individuals as women they are women so i well i I know i just want to say i'm just trying to explain because people can't see the picture we're looking at like it's not it they're they're all of the same yeah it's yeah three three chicks and apparently whoever whoever else they want to they want to bring in bring in which look is a plot line in every porn movie ever um i i wonder if anybody's told them if they want to build a family there's going to have to be a pecker involved at some point in some way um i just don't care uh we talked before but we're talking about somebody else about the firsts hate the first the first non-monogamous uh, gay Muslim to ever hold office in Georgia. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> I know. Like, I that's a lot. I mean, I'm sure I'm the first something. We're all the first something. It doesn't, but I, like, how about you just be a good, honest, ethical elected official? Start there. Be that, be that first, and I will applaud you all day long. We're still waiting. Yeah, that that I just don't care. 
it who you sleep with doesn't doesn't even register to me. I don't care. It just it's not it's one is not my business. Uh, what you do in your bedroom? I mean, uh, it's it's not. It's just for her to hang this out as you know. And like I said, I understand getting getting ahead of anybody running against her and saying, "Look, yes, I'm in a non-monogamous relationship. The three of us are happy. Mm-hmm. Cool." But the fact they had to make it into a story and they're showing all these pictures of the three of them together. The, I and the think headline, the third, that's why they're the mule of the week. NBC is the mule, not the people. The NBC is the mule of the week because that's just. I, I did see that one of them was a professional dancer. Like a stripper? They, I don't know. The story didn't elaborate. Mm-hmm. So definitely. It just said professional dancer. So I, yeah, I, I, I do have a friend whose wife was a professional dancer. She did ballet and owned a dance school and some other stuff. Sure. And I, you know, I was, you know, I always make fun of her. Say, caution, not that kind of dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, so I assume they, the, the couple was at a strip club being non-monogamous and like, oh, that one. Hey, why don't you move in with us? I have no idea. It's just yes, the the headline, the the attention grabbing headline, and the the way they put it, like I faced so so much adversity, and I grew up in a home that didn't allow me to do anything, without ever mentioning that it's the 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 Islamic thing that that kept her from being her until she moved out, mm-hmm. and 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 watch kind of rebelled against that. They're all three, I think, in their thirties, and so it's not just it's not like college kids experimenting. I just don't I, I don't care. It shouldn't be a campaign issue. None of the nothing in the story that I read talked about the way she thinks that uh, the city of Atlanta should go in this direction or that direction. It was all about who they're banging, and that's just not a campaign issue for me. Of course, I don't live in Atlanta, so I can't I can't vote for her one way or another. Yeah. You know, one of the quotes is, we can have this uh, fluidity. Okay. I mean, you can non, do whatever non, you want. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no law saying that you, you know, can't. And look, I, if you want to change the marriage laws in Georgia, I think the three of them could get married. I don't care. Marriage is nothing but a contract legally. And if the three of them want, want to uh, you want be, to be sister wives to each other. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I, you know, I, I have I. If if you want to have a polyamorous lifestyle, it's cool with me. You want to swing, cool with me. You know, you 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 want to just have a, a open relationship. And like I said, I know people who are who do that. Like you know, the uh, they take turns with you know who stays home with the kids. Like I'm I'm going out. Okay, I'll be here. Whatever. And. Ayn Rand was 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 in an open relationship. As a matter of fact, she had uh, uh, s- several boyfriends and a husband. Okay, which has nothing to do with the story. But <laughs> you say that this is not this is nothing new. This is I mean this is f- far from being anything new. You know this was back in the twenties, thirties, forties that that Ayn Rand had had boyfriends and stuff that. Apparently, they I think they didn't hang out in public, but within her circle of friends, everybody knew that's that's what was going on. So this is not new. She's not the first of anything. I mean, whatever the uh, the Greeks and Romans were polyamorous too. 
Mm-hmm. So we have the unconstitutional, unpopular position of neutrality. So I understand where they're going with this, but it, the story actually, or the position actually surprised me. So the University of Idaho um, administrators are allowed to pass out condoms if they say they're to prevent the spread of STDs, but they cannot say they are to prevent pregnancy because they have this new policy on abortion and the no public funds for abortion act that passed in Idaho. Um, it's such, it's such a, it's such, it's so convoluted. First of all, oh, professors should not be expressing personal opinions, period. College but it's very to hard to police that. It is very hard to police that, but they shouldn't be. If they want to talk about abortion and the uh, and the the fact that you can, you can say this is legal, this is not legal. What do you think? And the students can express express back. No right, no wrong answers. This this is about expressing your opinion and opening your mind to other people's opinions and giving it back and forth. Fine. Uh, professors should not be standing uh, at, at a lectern and telling the students what they should believe about it. I don't even think schools need to be handing out condoms. Uh, they should be readily available. I also want to know how dumb does a student have to be <laughs> at the at the University of, uh, what would you say, Idaho. Uh, Idaho? That, oh God, there's so many, so many, so many puns to do with Idaho. Um don't know that condoms prevent pregnancy. I mean, it says right there on the package that the students need to be told this prevent, uh, can help present, uh, prevent disease and, I don't know, other stuff like stomach bloating and, and child support for 18 years. Well, and in there, the bill that the legislature passed in 2021 in Idaho, um, obviously from the name, no public funds for abortion act. Like you can't promote it. Um, can't use any building to perform it unless it's the super limited, um, I guess like medical thing. I don't, I don't know their specifics, but I know that there are some exceptions, but it also prohibits, um, public universities from engaging in the same behavior and their university clinics are not allowed to provide emergency contraception except in the case of rape um which is an interesting that that i think is like of all of this that comes out of this article is what's most interesting to me because sure you can get that at i mean that's over the counter at any um pharmacy like yeah but why why would you if if you don't want them to have an abortion why would you limit access to to a not just to emergency contraception um well I, I i still don't think it's the role of the school to be handing it out go to a pharmacy i well but you, then don't then don't have a university clinic at all 
Okay. Yeah. If, because, right. because then you're selecting service. Like that's how you get yourself in trouble. Okay. Well, so we'll, we won't provide abortions. We won't provide emergency contraception, but they probably do provide regular contraception because it doesn't say anything about that. So, I mean, at that point, just scrap it and say, we're not going to do that, which whatever, I'm fine with that too. But like be consistent. That's not consistent. No, I agree. I agree. Either, either have, uh, have the service on campus or don't. And look, I, but do you know why good, they, good morning. Can, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know, what's really interesting is there's so much, and I know this from Georgia Southern and all the rape cases that I've covered with the title nine stuff and, and how sexual assaults are handled on campus. Um, obviously it says that in the instance of sexual assault, I don't know if you just have to claim it or if you have to actually like file a report. I don't know how it works, but I bet that's a really fine line of getting themselves in trouble with that because they will take your funding if you even give the perception that you don't just automatically defer to the victim or the accuser, rather. Right. So messy. Yeah, and we have enough problems with, with rape by regret on college campuses, as you as you have reported on repeatedly uh, down around uh, Georgia Southern. Uh, so we already, we already have that problem, with, with, uh, and you're gonna gonna add on top of it. We talked about that with uh, with several uh, several bills in several states that that it's if you, you claims including Georgia's heartbeat bill, you claim sexual assault. Okay, well we we can take care of we can take care of that. And some guy who got lucky, or thought he got lucky, uh, turns out, you know, seven weeks later is accused of rape. Yeah. That. Uh, so at this I, college, though, only a doctor or a medical professional who is acting under a doctor's order can talk about contraception, abortion. Oh, it's just asinine. I mean, if information is power, I, I don't know. I just like, I no, I don't want to, I don't want a professor who has nothing. If you're, you know, if you're in there talking about politics of something else, I don't want that coming up, but to bar but it if, completely yeah, is, is to bar it from the clinic is, is the, is the sticking point. Now, look, like I said, it's so many times with these political things, with professors giving their opinion, it has nothing to do with the class they're Correct. in. Correct. You know, I, I'm I'm taking astrophysics class, and he's talking, and the professor's up there talking about abortion. What does that have to do with astrophysics? What, what does that have to do with with uh, uh, this uh, relativity of gravity to the the uh, passage of time? You know, what does one thing have to do with the other? Nothing. So that we we all agree. This is the problem with with legislation that that does this kind of stuff is we all agree on that. But when you start talking about not mentioning contraception, when you go into a clinic is insane. Cause that look, here's the deal. 18 to 22 year olds are going to have sex. That, that is going to happen. And the only way to keep that sex from turning into abortions and or uh, pregnancies is contraception. And the morning after pill 
is one of the reasons that you know, I gave that abortion should be virtually non-existent in, in our country mm-hmm. is we have we have the medicine now that if you did slip up, if you did get drunk last night and and uh, uh, didn't use a condom or it broke or whatever, you can go and what is it forty two dollars whatever it is go go get the morning after pill and take it. The only reason I, I I've heard of how much it costs is there was a joke that went around some of the army pages about. Uh, when you're deployed and and look and your your wife spent forty two dollars at CVS at two o'clock in the morning. Jeez. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know how much <laughs> it is, but I also know that if there are if there are coupons and things available too to help people who don't have the funds for it. I mean, I know that they've tried to make it as accessible as possible. The university's argument is that it hasn't been tested in the courts, and so they're just trying to recommend a conservative approach, but. A policy that's approved by, you know, all your top level bureaucrats is not exactly a conservative approach recommendation. That's a policy that you're enforcing because not following policies is sub- subjects you to determination and discipline. So it's just right. a, it's a big mess, honestly. And again, this happened. This was instituted in Idaho prior to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So can't blame just like, I mean, can't, you can't just, can't just pile on there. Right. Well, as we're winding down, Jess, you want to get to your final closing thought, not your final closing thought, your closing thought. Yeah. So our friend, Brian, Brian Kemp, you know, in 2018, he always used the phrase, keep chopping. And uh, I, don't really I never really liked it. I don't really like his thumbs up. It's just not my thing, but that it it works for him he, he thinks and so whatever. Well, there was a recent um rally that he was at and talking about the Atlanta Braves changing their name and he said the World Series champs need to quote keep chopping and I just like, come on, Brian. You you are better than that. Don't go, don't sink to the low level puns. I well, understand that they have the chop. I know all that. I get it. But like, you know, you know, the genesis of it was the visit, the Braves' visit to the White House. Yes. Uh, they're they're playing the Nationals last week, and it is traditional that the you know winning professional team, or actually college teams too, get to visit the White House. Uh, so you win the World Series, you go to the White House. You win the Super Bowl, you go to the White House. Whatever. So Biden and his mumblings uh, mentioned uh, something about something about the Braves' name, and it it ticked off a lot a lot of Braves fans because this was supposed to be a non political mm-hmm. event. But the problem I have with what what Kemp and Biden said is, first of all, that's not a function of government. Whether the Braves change their name, which I oppose, uh, being a lifelong Braves fan, I oppose because the Braves have never been uh, never been stereotypical. They've never been disrespectful. They have a great relationship with the Cherokee Nation. Uh, that's a function of MLB. If MLB decides that they don't want any Native American names in it, they want everybody to do stupid stuff like the Washington Commanders or the Cleveland Guardians, that's MLB. It's a, it's a private organization. Yes. Uh, and look, 
you and I talked about Cleveland changing their names, and Cleveland had some really, really racist stuff when uh, when they were the Indians, uh, like the caricatures and and things like that, the big buck teeth and 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 things like and, and all that. But the Braves have never, and, and even the name Braves is not Redskins. Braves is talking about being a warrior, being being uh, being strong and and uh, a force to be reckoned with, and and is totally respectful of of the native tribes of you know we want to be like you, we want to be warriors like you. So I just just stay in your lane. That's really just hard for them. Get, it is. Just get back in your box. They just feel like I think all politicians at this point feel like they have. I mean, it's like Kelly Leffler. She didn't, hurt, but she didn't actually have positions. But like she, she made a statement about everything, and that's just not necessary. The only thing he that would have been appropriate for him to say, and not necessarily at a rally, is as 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 a lifelong Braves fan, I found it disappointing that the president took the opportunity these these players had to get into whether uh, get into the name discussion you get into politics and this is supposed to be an apolitical thing if you're a republican and you get invited to meet the president and the president's a democrat you go it's a great honor if you're a democrat and you get invited to a republican uh, white house you go it's a huge honor you put on a suit and you go and you shake his hand. And you say thank you, Mr. President. You take a picture with him. You hand him a jersey with with your team your team jersey with his name on it. And you take a picture with him. And you spend that fifteen minutes and you move on. And that's it. Ah, man, it's just it, does everything have to be politics now? Apparently, can't can't I just watch? As again, you said you you let the cat out of the bag that we're not live. But can I just sit and watch the Mets Braves this weekend? And be really involved with the pennant race that, that's going on, and not not thinking about whether or not they're going to change the the governor and the president think they should change their name. Kiss my ass. Yes, it's just me who with the cat out of the bag that this show is not live. <laughs> You're right. All these people think whenever they click it, we're like, "Hey, grab your mic." <laughs> we live in the, we live in your iPhone. Yeah. As soon as you hit play, Jessica and I start to talk. Uh, my only closing thought is, as I uh, welcome back, missed you big time last last <laughs> week. Uh, I, I, I had you know we listened to the show before it gets released, and it was hard for me to listen just to just me. I was, like, <laughs> I, I, was I, I was cringing. So, <laughs> also these are our opinions. The bad ones are Dave's, not anybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> So, big thank you to, to Jessica Slodgy, my, my part of this endeavor, to Eric Cumbie, our editor that takes just awful audio and makes it something that's passable to listen to. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon